You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the Creator Economy Show that's about careers, not celebrity right? So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creative economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone, you are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cassell. I'm joined today by Jamie Roberts. She is a LMFT in California and the owner of Equilibrium Counseling Services. Uh, Words are hard today, y'all. It's one of those days. A fellow neurodivergent uh, entrepreneur and therapist, mental health professional, really cool, creative human being, works with kiddos, teens in the California area who are also neurodiverse. And I think that's really amazing because we don't have a lot of those offerings. And I know that's not what we're going to talk about today, but I just want to highlight uh, all the cool things that you're doing out there. So today you brought this topic to me and I really enjoy it because we talk about imposter syndrome from so many different angles and lenses on this podcast. And we are going to talk about unmasking and how imposter syndrome plays a role in masking and how you show up both professionally and personally. So Jamie, thanks for coming on and being patient with my calendar and also for suggesting this topic. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here talking about masking and neurodivergence is my favorite thing. So pairing that with imposter syndrome, which is such a theme for for your podcast, just sounds like a cool pairing. So I'm excited to dig into it. Yeah, me too. So tell me a little bit about what you're thinking when you're thinking about the relation and correlation between imposter syndrome and masking and Mm -hmm. what's happening for people when they are struggling with some of these things that come up, because I think we all experience a level of self-doubt and insecurity and vulnerability. And it's, it can be really paralyzing. And, you know, the goal is always to help people through that paralyzation process because Mm -hmm. what we don't want imposter syndrome to do and what it so often does to people is it dictates how you move forward both personally, but more importantly, professionally in your life and how you pursue your passion projects and your goals. And it convinces you that you shouldn't even try or you shouldn't even show up. So yeah, take it away. So when I think of masking, like it being like a classically autistic term of masking or covering up some of your authentic traits in order to fit in with whatever atmosphere you're going into. So whether that be the professional realm that we're talking about, or just out to the grocery store of covering up or hiding parts of yourself that you think won't be accepted or maybe ridiculed or maybe questioned. And so when I think about it on the broader professional idea of imposter syndrome, of the ways that we maybe conform or make ourselves smaller to fit what we think is expected of us, and then doing a disservice to ourselves and our potential clients are not being able to show up with their authentic self because of that fear of, and, and sometimes a very realistic fear. And there is an absolute safety piece uh, with masking that shows up. But how do we balance that in the space of that I need to, to be okay. And I'm doing this as the defense 
that the threat may not necessarily be there. Yeah, I like that you named it and, and framed it that way because it is a very real fear and risk for certain populations of people. Mm-hmm. And that, that's absolutely val- valid. And I think that there is also the irrational fear mm-hmm. that comes up for a lot of entrepreneurs, people who are starting practices, expanding, scaling, creating anything that you think I have to show up in society in a certain way so that people are either going to buy my stuff, like my stuff, trust my stuff. Um, and if I don't, then it's going to fail. And if I really reveal like who I am and how I show up and my authentic self and voice and, and presence, people aren't going to like that. And mm-hmm. I, maybe that feels unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And that's something I hear all the time. And I think that's a, a word that gets thrown out around in the therapy and mental health space a lot. And mm-hmm. I think when you are showing up inauthentically or disingenuous, it, it, it kind of is, it's across the board. That means like, your marketing mm-hmm. is is not really ringing true. Your clients can sense it. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not really feeling grounded and rooted in your value system and your business. Maybe you're just feeling disconnected from your ideas and your creativity and your approach. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that stuff? I I think that is so true because if it's not like, I think of a hat and a mask as two different things. And a mask separates me from the person in front of me right? It's a, it's a barrier to who I am and them connecting with me and me connecting with them versus a hat. I wear a different hat when I'm with my client, when I'm with my supervisees, when I'm with my friends, but all the time, I'm still Jamie. It's just that my boundaries and my expressions are going to shift based on the role that I'm in versus a mask, I think blocks that and doesn't allow me to show up. And that blocking is going to come across to people who are seeking that authentic connection. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing that I've always done really well and not always intentionally is show up as authentically as possible. And I think mm-hmm. that I've realized over the years that people are really attracted and drawn mm-hmm. to that type of presence. And I'm just like, that's just the only way I know how to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have more privilege than most to be able to show up how I want to show up. Mm-hmm. And, but in business ownership, you know, especially initially, and I've talked about this endlessly uh, on this podcast and in general. I kept myself small for so long because of my own fears and insecurities and self-doubts and imposter syndrome and lack of belief in my abilities or why would anyone buy this? I don't, I'm not creative enough. Someone else is doing this better. I don't know enough about this to like claim this. And mm-hmm. those thoughts, those patterns and those, that negative self-talk, that stuff is really painful and mm-hmm. it can really dictate how your entrepreneurial journey goes and it can prevent you from taking risks. It can paralyze you in perfectionism so that you never really publish or release what you're creating to the world. Mm-hmm. And it can really ensure, like you mentioned, that you play smaller than you need to, that you don't take up space. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really sad to witness for people who have such brilliance and creativity and presence and could offer so much in these spaces, but the inability to work through that blockage is 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 really present and really uh, prevalent. Absolutely. I had the challenge and privilege of working on my unmasking the last couple of years. A big, well, one with the, with the pandemic, but also a big personal upset in my life allowed me to unmask and go through this ongoing process and become more of my, take that more space 
has been a big thing I'm working on with dyeing my hair purple and wearing my funky earrings and letting my full self come out has so shifted the trajectory of my business. Of I think initially I, I did live in that box of being buttoned up, lurking a certain way, being able to appeal. I, I work with teenagers, but I was trying to appeal to their parents. Will this parent trust me with their kid? Do I look mature enough? Do I look professional enough that they will trust my my insight? And I've kind of shifted over into, I want the kid to trust me. And I authentically show up very playful and very like colorful and energetic that I want the kid to connect. And when the kid connects, the parents are going to trust that. Absolutely. How have you noticed a shift, not only professionally, because it sounds like you're noticing that your target audience really aligns with who you are. And I know that y'all have a very successful group practice in California. So you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. How have you noticed it show up though for you emotionally and personally to be able to shift into mm-hmm. being authentic Jamie, unmasked version of Jamie? It's so much less energy to have to put forward to think about like, so this morning getting ready for today, I was thinking about this little box and how I'll show up in this little box and like, could I wear my funky earrings? Could I wear my overalls? And then stopping and being like, knowing what this podcast is about, but having to undo that whole thought process and just the moments it shows up. And I'm like, wow, I was doing this constantly before. And so there's so much, there's an increased energy I have because I'm not putting my energy there. And so going through the day, I'm more comfortable in my skin. I'm more comfortable in my space. And I can divert that thought process and that energy to the places I want to put it versus where I feel I have to put it. Yeah. What I hear you saying is it's liberation in a way. And Mm -hmm. I think for most people who are masking in any capacity, whether it's identity related, Mm -hmm. whether it's because you're showing up in an ableist, neurotypical world, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just not safe to be yourself. I understand how much mental energy and anguish goes into one, trying to protect yourself, but two, showing up inauthentically. And it means that it impacts your reactions. It impacts your conversations. It impacts how you show up on social media and your business. It impacts your marketing. It impacts your interpersonal sense of self. Everything is impacted. And what I realized throughout this journey over the last few years and creating a following and creating a business that people, it's crazy to think about that. Like I think about the term influencer, which I fucking hate, but like people are emailing and listening all over Mm -hmm. the world to my voice. And Mm -hmm. that is a really weird feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's because of my ability to have worked through some of this stuff and to be comfortable with who I am. And my autistic diagnosis, I know that we're not going to talk about this much on this podcast today, I think it's a grief relief process like I've talked about before, but it's also unbelievably freeing to say Mm -hmm. like, this is how I'm going to show up. And this is like, this is just how I move through the world. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a better understanding. But I've also realized that the more you can show up authentically, whether it's your marketing, whether it's in your counseling sessions, whether it's in your, just the way that you move through the world, the more you are going to create this ripple effect for people who cannot for people who wish that they were able to show up that way, but they just feel like, hey, there's this barrier here and whatever that barrier may be real or or, or perceived. Mm-hmm. And you get a, I get a ton of messages from people of like, 
thank you for saying this thing. Thank you for showing up this way. Thank you for talking about this topic. Like, mm -hmm. and for me, I'm like, I, I just don't understand how I couldn't, but I also right. understand like the way my brain works and versus uh, other people's. But I think it has such an impact on how you attract and repel clientele too, mm -hmm. and how the right people are going to be attracted to you if yes. you're able to show up authentically. And yes. I also wholeheartedly believe that relatability is accessibility. Mm -hmm. And if you are relatable as a mental health professional mm -hmm. and you self-disclose about your own struggle, mm -hmm. and I'm going to put an asterisk in there for those of you who are like, no, that's unethical. And like, no, it's not about you. Like if you are offering a, a glimpse into what it's like to struggle as a mental health professional where you are put on a pedestal, it helps normalize and destigmatize. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that relationship, relational component is, is everything. And you have to show up to the whole blank slate thing or being able to like, no, I'm not going to reveal anything about myself, but you're wanting somebody else. Oh, I saw a video it was probably a TikTok because I love it over there where somebody was talking about that going to your master's program for counseling is teaching you how to mask. It's teaching you how to hide your affect, how to speak in a tone that is soothing, how to present in a way, how to deliver information in a receivable way that it yep. teaches you how to hide your true self to show up in that space. And how are we supposed to, as therapists and as business owners with our employees, encourage people to be themselves and accept themselves when we are completely hidden in that process? Absolutely. And so that asterisk of when therapeutically appropriate, but more often than not sharing those little tidbits and being a real person in the room that people connect to also. It makes a huge fucking difference. Mm -hmm. And I think the era of blank slate, head nodding, how does it make you feel mm -hmm. therapy is over or mm -hmm. coming to an end. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that the cultural importance of being able to disclose the importance of being able to disclose and connect with neurodiverse clientele. Mm -hmm. This is a major, major way to build and establish trust rapport mm -hmm. in a, we're in a profession where we are selling relational work mm -hmm. and you cannot do that. If you are so buttoned up and unable mm -hmm. to be yourself that you feel like you're constantly going to be unethical, you're constantly mm -hmm. going to say something inappropriate. Like I really do think that's a lot of unnecessary pressure. Mm -hmm. And, that goes as far as like, what do I do if I run into my client in the community? It's like, it's a fucking community. You're going to run into your clients. Like, unless you're seeing clients yeah. from across the country, you're probably going to run into your clients in the in yeah. everyday life. Yeah. We lose sight over the fact that we are humans mm -hmm. and that our clientele are humans and that we are looking to establish relationship, safe, healthy, trusting relationship that mm -hmm. cannot be done if you're so guarded that you aren't allowed to be yourself. And mm -hmm. I have, you know, I have a group practice here and we take photos specifically in the area where there's a lot of graffiti and murals and bright colors. And I encourage my clinicians to show off their tattoos or their dyed hair or like clinicians are like, can I wear shorts to session? I'm like, who the fuck cares? Why is that unprofessional? Like, I don't care. You may know you're listening to this show along the marketing podcast network, but did you know? There are other great shows on MPN to help your business. T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the creator economy show that's about careers, not celebrity. 
right? So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creator economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. And now pause for a word from our sponsors. Most of you who are listening are probably private or group practice owners. I know how important it is to save money in your business. And I also know how important it is to have live, quality, responsive customer service. That's why we switched our entire group practice from a well-known EHR to Therapy Notes last year. If you're coming from another EHR, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot.com and Google. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know and try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just go to TherapyNotes.com and enter promo code ATPP. They also have e-prescription software available and included meaning that you do not have to have separate platforms for your medical billers and your medication management team. This is incredibly helpful, and it makes sure that everything feels streamlined. Go to therapynotes.com and enter promo code ATPP. Yes, the halls at my counseling center are just covered in art. Art from in-session, art from our groups. We have a mindfulness paint night, and just there's art everywhere because I want people to self-express. And if it's out there, more will come in. And like, I think that goes to it too. Like when you are being authentic, people are drawn to that. And the people who are going to connect to your authenticity, it's going to be mirrored. It's going to be shared. And now those interactions and now those social engagements and those professional alignments are going to be so much more rich and specific because it's the realness that's connecting. And you're not going to appeal to everyone. I don't appeal to everyone. I'm too much for a lot of people. And that is super cool. No worries. I don't have to be your flavor. But for a lot of people, I am. And that is really exciting. Yeah. And I think that is the epitome of being able to unmask and allow yourself to feel comfortable in who you are and how you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be for everybody to all of you listening. Like Whether you're just starting out, whether you're growing, scaling, creating other programs, mm-hmm. That's one thing that you really have to work through is this idea and mentality that I have to be for everybody in this profession. It's not human nature for us to have these blank slates where everybody is going to like your personality or everyone's going to show up like how you show up on social media or everyone's going to even connect to how you do the work that you do. And that's okay because there are so many people who are in need of your services. So like if someone's like, I don't like the fact that you come to work with tattoos showing or dyed hair or that you curse in your content. I cannot tell you how many times I get that comment. <laughs> then you're not for me and I'm not for yeah. you and that's okay. And I will send you to a referral source where you will be the right person mm-hmm. for that. Like that's just the nature of the work that we do. Yeah. And just to work through this facade of like, professionalism it's so ableist and it's so rooted in in Mm -hmm. white supremacy culture like yeah it's we have to start tearing these walls down because if you're Mm -hmm. trying to heal and do healing work 
we have to understand that healing work is also community based. Like it's not mm -hmm. as simplistic as just one 50 minute session a week. Like mm -hmm. we need community, we need connection and we need to be able to surround ourselves with people who we can be ourselves around. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so important and it's missed all the time. Absolutely. Some of the best advice I got during my traineeship from a supervisor was that therapist self-care happens in the session, not after session, not on the weekends. I know we talk about self-care, but like it happens in the session. So if I'm uncomfortable in my seat, I'm going to get up and I'm going to adjust more. If my throat is dry, I'm going to get up and get my water because that's me modeling, taking care of me and showing up in that authentic way. So at my center with my therapist, we wear shorts, we wear jeans. This is a sweatpants onesie. We don't wear shoes if we don't want to. Our clients can put their feet on the couch. We sit on the floor. The right. dogs come in because those are all things that help us regulate and us show up as ourselves. And when you can be physically comfortable, you can also then go there emotionally. Absolutely. Yeah. How many times have those of you listening been a client yourself where you've been uncomfortable, where you're like, oh, I have to pee, but like I have to sit in this session for the next 40 minutes. You're no longer thinking about the session. You're thinking about when mm -hmm. is this session going to be over? Mm -hmm. I had to do that on a podcast the other day, actually, because I was like, can I press pause on this? Like I, I drank way too much water. Um, yeah, I had totally done that in a session too and been like, sorry, I, I, won't, I can't hear you if I just keep sitting here worrying about it. Exactly. So like you're modeling human behavior, right? And that's really, really important in getting your basic needs met. So when clients come into sessions and they're anxious about like, can I eat in here? I haven't had time today. Like I'm just rushing from one thing to the next. Absolutely. Like, please do that. And I have a drink. I've got a box of snacks in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Like you cannot do deep healing work if your basic needs are not met. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly concerned or anxious about like, How's my client going to receive this? What if I take a drink of water during my session? Like, I see that posted in some of these therapist Facebook yeah. groups. What do y'all think about drinking water in sessions? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why I is this a thing that we are understanding? Drink water, y'all. Like, drink water, drink tea, drink whatever you want. Like, don't drink alcohol during sessions, but like, drink whatever else you want. Like, why does that matter? Mm -hmm. And I think that as a profession and a whole, we put so much unnecessary pressure on ourselves to show up in a certain way. And we are getting those messages in grad school. We are getting those messages in community mental health centers. Like, and I just want to tell all of you listening, like it's bullshit. It's mm -hmm. absolute bullshit. And the more you can show up as yourself, the better work you're going to do, the more energized and excited you're going to be to look at your caseload every week. And your bank account is also going to feel a lot better too. Mm -hmm. I noticed, so my book came out a year ago and in one of those giant Facebook groups, I posted an image of my book and kind of described it and it got attention. People noticed it. It was, it was, I was excited. About a week later, I posted a picture of me holding my book and it blew up and all the comments were making things like, you look like the therapist my teen was asking for that because I was showing up in this way that teens would receive information from me. All of a sudden, my book had this more credibility and it was catching this attention versus it just being the book in and of itself. And that was just such, it was such an interesting like experiment for me to see how, how I presented or how I showed up as myself relayed my information differently. Even though a lot in my book is basic, this is mindfulness, basic, this is anxiety, but it was just packaged in a different way that was consumed by the ideal person I wanted to have it. Yeah, I love that for you.
I think that's amazing. And that's, it's a good moment. You know, when we have these epiphany moments, I, I talk about this sometimes, like when I'm doing content creation courses with therapists, because a lot of, a lot of your therapy content sucks, y'all. Like I've done so many audits. I've done TikTok series called your psych today sucks. Here's how to fix it. Cause it all sounds the same. It sounds like a walking DSM. Like mm -hmm. the only people we, who are reading this are other therapists and it's like, mm -hmm. nobody talks like this. Yeah. Oh. What I realized early on when I started my practice is like, I tried to be very buttoned up and I tried, I did all the things that I encourage people mm -hmm. not to do. And I think that's where a lot of life lessons come from. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember switching my psych today one time, like I was like, I'm going to just post how I actually speak. I'm mm -hmm. from New York. I curse a lot. Like it's going into my profile and I, I'm trying to target young adult men mm -hmm. as we often are trying to target our niches, our versions of ourselves, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I was trying to target young adult men who were struggling with addiction and recovery because I knew that life very well. Mm -hmm. And I remember changing something like an opening statement to be like, vulnerability is fucking scary and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't publish that. That feels like the uh, ethical police are going to come knocking at my door. I published it. It was amazing, the response. Like, And I'm talking like phone call and email and phone call and email after email and phone call. And just like people who were my age, probably like, at the time, uh, early 30s, late 20s, who were just like, finally, a therapist that I actually feel safe enough to talk to. Mm -hmm. Because it's just language. Language is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And if I can speak in that language and give you permission to do the same, we've already reduced that barrier to coming in for help. Because right. you're already saying, oh, I can come in and be myself. Like I don't have to pretend to be someone else with you. And mm -hmm. I think that is so freaking powerful. And another example that is on our homepage of our group practice site, uh, Resilient Mind Counseling here in North Carolina, we use the word fuck with a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. We get so many calls from people or texts into our main line that are like, hey, I want to see you because of the way you said A, B, C, D, and E. And my mm -hmm. marketing person at the time said, do not write this. You're going to turn off X mm -hmm. amount of clients. I was like, I don't care. Like, mm -hmm. that's not our people. We want people to come in who are in alignment with how our values are set, how we approach therapy, how we're going to show up for them. We want them to feel as comfortable and safe as possible to pick up the phone because that's a process in, its, in, of, in, in of itself. That's what I was trying to say. Gotcha. And it's, you know, if we can reduce barriers to mental health support, then we are helping destigmatize mental health care. And we're helping normalize the human experience, which is that we all struggle and suffer in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I really noticed, so I've been, I've talked publicly about my ADHD diagnosis for years and just being able to talk about that, people have come in and been like, oh, I don't have to explain it to you. You already get it. And very recently I shared that I'm autistic as well. And we'll have another conversation about that journey, but just putting that out there and not having it be this, I have lived experience in the community which everyone goes on their path about how much they reveal. And that's cool. But for me, putting it out there kind of bridged that gap to where like, you don't have to explain yourself in entire, you don't have to teach me about your culture or your community or your brain. I get the basics. I want to know about you specifically. I've already got this piece. And so being able to share those things about yourself kind of invites that in, invites those conversations in and creates that community, right? And it, that's what we're really doing in a lot of our work is creating community. And we want to do that with people who get us and we get them. And that flow state can be reached super easy to 
get into the deeper work or to expand or to share the information um, at a broader scale. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the way you just frame that. And and also I, I commend you and applaud you for just being willing to share that on uh, a podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've always talked about my addiction. That's why I've always talked about my mental health. That's why I've always talked about my ADHD autistic mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Because I think, again, like if you're coming into therapy with no knowledge of your therapist or they're very buttoned up or you're very anxious and overwhelmed, which is natural when you're coming to therapy to mm-hmm. feel anxious and overwhelmed mm-hmm. about a new relationship. You have to trust this person. You have to talk to this person. You have to share your deepest, darkest secrets with this person. Like, what the fuck is this? And mm-hmm. then if you know, like your therapist is open and using some self-disclosure mm-hmm. well, when appropriate. Mm-hmm that hundred pound weight that you're bringing into the therapy office becomes like a 20 pound weight. Okay. It feels like it's less heaviness. It feels mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I don't have to explain this to this person. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, they already foundationally understand. Mm-hmm. We can get into the deeper stuff, the actual stuff about like, hey, this is what's going on for me right now. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to go into this detail about something that I feel either uncomfortable talking about or discriminated against for talking about or made to feel different because of. And Mm -hmm. I think that offers a light at the end of the tunnel for your clientele who are like, nothing is ever going to get better. And I can can vividly remember standing on the soccer field in 2010, gambling addiction in full fucking force, no money, stealing money from people, living in all of these different areas of just like addiction in general, being like, I don't think life is ever going to change. Like there is no answer for this. And I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. This feels like the pit of fucking despair. Mm-hmm. And that's where those deep, those really dark thoughts creep in where you're like, well, you know, there are options here. And I, I definitely considered a lot of them, but that's why I talk about it because it allows. I saw a quote for- that, that was, I feel loudly. So others don't struggle in silence. And yeah. that's what I hear you saying right now. Let me put my healing journey out there. So you're not, you know that you're not the only one finding your way through this. I love that. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. You know, and I think if we're able to speak up about these experiences, it really does allow for community healing to take place. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to come to therapy, but yeah. someone might follow your social media because of how you show up. Exactly. Not everyone's going to come to therapy, but someone might buy Jamie's book and it might help with their anxiety. It might help them learn some mindfulness uh, mm-hmm. skills in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So I really think we have to rethink our approach and how we show up in this profession because you never know who's paying attention and taking notes and, and using these things that you're offering the world. Mm-hmm. And you may never know them. You may never know their name. Mm-hmm. They may just be a fly on the wall. But I think that's how you have impact that starts to ripple and starts mm-hmm. to create an effect where more and more people feel comfortable talking about whatever it is that's going on in their lives because life is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you are able to unmask, if you are able to authentically show up, you are able to work through the imposter syndrome that comes up when you're thinking about these things. I think you're going to have a monumental impact for, for the good. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be life-changing for not only yourself, but for people around you. Absolutely. And I want to add the one little asterisk caveat, caveat in there is that there is a safety component with masking, which is different than our traditional imposter syndrome, that with masking, there are areas in which it does keep you safe. And it is 
um, something we can't always unmask in every situation. And so really being able to gauge where you are and who you're around and if that is a safe place to do it. And there's no shame if there are areas in which you have to maintain the mask, but absolutely finding a space in your life that it is safe to do that because taking that mask off is such a relief and such like a breathing space and knowing that both can exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm really bad at segues and transitions, but it feels like a good ending spot. So in my other podcast, Megan Neff is always like, Patrick, are you struggling with the transition to end? I'm like, thank you for seeing that. Um, very autistic of me. Um, this was a good conversation and I appreciate you having it. I think it's, it's any of these conversations that y'all are listening to. This is always the goal is just to help normalize and to help humanize this process, especially when you're on the other side of the couch or on the other side of the telehealth screen, or you're just lurking in a Facebook group and feeling a certain way. You're not alone in this. And I want to just encourage all of you to just start taking these baby steps forward to embrace your authentic self. And no matter how minimal or insignificant it may seem, just that one action step today. So Jamie, thanks for coming on and sharing some of your story and please just share with the audience where they can find more of you and your book and everything that you're doing. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Um, again, I'm Jamie Roberts. My counseling center is Equilibrium Counseling Services in California. You can find me on social media at Neurodivergent Therapist on both Instagram and TikTok. Um, and we have a YouTube channel and my book is on the website. It's Mindfulness for Teen Anxiety. It's also on Amazon, Target and Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. And all of that information will be in the show notes so that you have easy access to all of Jamie's stuff and just give her a follow, check out her book, really cool stuff that she's got going on out in California and appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. To everyone listening to the All Things Private Practice Podcast, new episodes are out every single week on all major podcast platforms and YouTube, like, download, subscribe, and share. If you aren't following my other podcast because it's very tied into what we're talking about today, Check out Divergent Conversations, where I'm co-hosting with Dr. Megan Neff. We're both autistic ADHD adults and mental health professionals and business owners talking about life experience. And that's on all major platforms as well. Doubt yourself. Do it anyway. See you next week. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business. T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the Creator Economy show that's about careers, not celebrity, right? So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creator economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.